Cast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we are coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And today's topic is Step Monster. Yeah, 1993's direct-to-video Step Monster, which was recommended to us or suggested as an episode by John Campopiano. Uh, John, I hope I'm saying your last name right. I'm assuming I am. Correct me otherwise. Uh, but John <laughs> is a critter and creep, also a filmmaker who made the excellent documentary Unearthed and Untold The Path to Pet Cemetery in 2017. And he's got a new one coming up called Pennywise, The Story of It. So he's out there doing great stuff for the horror community. And we became friends with him through uh, the Blu-ray of The Brain. He was the one on the special features. Al, I don't know if you remember the guy with the collection of all the tapes of The Brain and stuff like that. No. The special features. All right. But that's how we came to know John. And John is a fan of weird old kids movies, <laughs> like I am. And so reached out and asked if I had seen Step Monster. And not only have I seen Step Monster before... I grew up on Step Monster, and therefore it took no convincing to get me to do an episode on this <laughs> to suggest it to you. So it came out in 93. I would have been like eight or nine, eight going on nine probably when it came out on video. So that's when I saw it somewhere right around your age. And, <laughs> you know, I watched it a ton, man. Holy cow. So I have some stuff to say about the cast. But I've already talked enough here at the start of the episode, so I will talk <laughs> about the amazing cast maybe as we go along, because I remembered this movie having a good cast from when I was a kid, like people who I knew and recognized even then, but revisiting it, holy cow, it's impressive. So we'll get to that, I suppose. Al, where should we start with Step Monster? At the beginning, where most of the important parts happen. Okay, I so think. what do you want to talk about first? Um, like, generally, what's the movie about? How about that? Yeah, like a, it's a about... Like, a plot synopsis. Our main character is, like, this kid. His father wants him to, like, basically do the violin, but he likes to read comic books. But mm -hmm. his dad doesn't like him reading the comic books. So, basically, it's just, like, like a monster movie, but also... It's just following this family that don't like each other that much. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the kid's angry with his dad, and the dad doesn't like the stuff that the kid does. There's a lot of disapproval and resentment. That's a good point. Yeah, this mm -hmm. is a pretty dysfunctional family, except for the mom and son relationship. Yeah. Right? So she's really supportive, but what happens to her? At the beginning, we don't know what happens. We just see the mon. Well, we don't see the monster. Kind of. It's really quick. It's a. It's yeah. a quick shot. Yeah. Uh huh. But 
Well, the mom's like journeying through the woods. I didn't mention they're in the woods. There keeps going a flashback to the comic book he has called... What's it called? Step Monster is the name like, of the comic book. I, or, well, no, 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 because no, it opens no. on a comic book, but then it's... It's like, um, Terrible Tropopkins or something like that? Yeah, 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 the Tropopkin. Um, Something about the Tropopkins. Yeah. And the Tropopkin is... Like, it's a monster, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a and monster, like, specific like, to this movie, yeah. I believe. Uh-huh. And while the mom's in the woods, it keeps cutting back to that comic... Showing that specific part, like basically, um, she's doing the exact same thing in the comic. So, like, when she yeah, goes yeah. into I, the I, cave, I gotcha. yeah, um, it goes and she gets scared by a spider web or something like that. It will cut to the like comic book and the page will turn to that page with her doing that. Yeah, this is something that you were kind of confounded by. During the movie, which is the fact that the movie's going along and this kid has the comic book, but also in the comic book, it's the story of the movie. So there's a weird device. Some parts, yeah, but then there are other parts of the comic book or comic books, multiple comic books throughout that aren't the story of the movie that are just about Tropopkins, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a framing device of this comic book as though the film is supposed to be of a comic book, except that the kid in the film owns the comic book. So it's a weird, like, comic yeah. book storyception <laughs> sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, you were spending a lot of the time during the movie trying to wrap your mind around that. And I think yeah. ultimately it doesn't really matter all that no. much. <laughs> so uh, we won't worry about that. Let's talk about the Tropopkins. Oh, What's a yeah. Tropopkin? Uh, a Tropopkin is, like, basically a giant green monster mm-hmm. who can disguise itself as a person. Yeah, it's a shapeshifter. Yeah. It also, like, we learned this later in the story that while a Tropopkin is in its human form, it's called, where they're, they look like a human, there's, like, this bat thing that guards them, basically. It's a little gargoyle. Yeah. And then... They also like to trick people, and they also, they eat people, too. Yeah, and it's kind of like a, I don't know, like a cross between a fish monster and a vampire. Yeah. Some kind of, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's (laughs) kind of like the fish man. But it's kind of like big old, I don't know, appendages, giant like gross ear bits and like big sort of kind of horns bits, but they're like fleshy. Yeah, it's like a vampire fish man thing. Yeah, like actually, that. I guess more like a gargoyle, I suppose. More like a, yeah. It's got a gargoyle. It's kind of like a mm. gargoyle. Gargoyle well, na- Yeah, that, <laughs> may, that makes sense, since there's a gargoyle that's guarding it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. But it's cool. I always liked the Tropopkin. It's why I watched the movie as much as I did <laughs> when I was a kid, because like, I love this thing. I think it's really cool. Yeah. And you get to see it in broad daylight a couple mm-hmm. times, just out on the street. And so... You get to see it in the comic book, too. Mm-hmm. Like, only once, but you still get to see it in the comic book. That's pretty cool. Both of them are cool. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So what's this Tropopkin in the movie up to? Well, the mother, like, disappears when yeah. she goes into the Tropopkin's cave, because the Tropopkin's have... In caves, in woods. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So they think she's dead. And we skip ahead, like, six months. Yeah, or something like that. And his father, who's the one that doesn't like him having comic books, is basically engaged to a woman. But we know that that woman is also the Trapopkin. Yeah, sure Mm -hmm. is. And here, I guess I'll just mention things, like I said, as we go along. The dad is played by Alan Thicke from television's Growing Pains. That's a show, Al, that you don't know at all. I'm sorry. Uh, And then the Trapopkin woman is played by Robin Riker, who is, to my mind, most notably uh, the star of uh, 1980s Alligator, which is one of my favorite movies. And then the kid, oh man, the kid is played by Billy Corbin, who looked real familiar to me. And this is what I'm saying. Everybody in this movie, I was like, holy cow, I know all these people, you know. Uh, The kid is in a TV movie called Archie to Riverdale and Back Again, which is about the Archie gang all grown up. And Jughead is like a widower, and he's got a son. And uh, this kid in Stepmonster plays Jughead's son, in that movie and they have a rap scene which is unbelievable the jughead and jughead jr rap is so embarrassing um it came out in 1990 (laughs) to riverdale and back again so there you go the step monster uh comes into the picture right the trapopkin's gonna marry his father and then obviously from there he's the only one that knows that right it's one of those things it's one of these great Young adult horror movies that's about kids who have really active imaginations and then they actually see a monster and then nobody will believe them, you know? Yeah. It's like... Because basically, it's just like, eventually, his father tells him to go to a therapist mm-hmm. and Edie then... McClurg yeah. from Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Mm-hmm. And then our main character that I totally forgot his name... Um, oh boy, I don't remember his name either. I was just calling him Billy Corbin by his name. Todd is Todd. his name. Todd, our main character, tells the therapist, um, you should meet, um, I also forgot every single person's Denise name in this. Is the, you can Denise, just call her the Denise, Denise, or Trapop- the Chipopkin. Chipopkin's uh, yeah. monster. Mm-hmm. Um, that she should meet her, and then, yeah, she does. Then she eats her. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. again, the Trapopkin eats like, people. Yeah, and she's like, well, I don't remember the whole line, but it's like, it's weird to say, but it's true. And then they laugh because she doesn't believe them. But then she's like... Oh, yeah, like, something about eating people or something. <laughs> but then she turns into the Trapopkin and then she's like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Or something like that. Pretty good scared noises. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, something like that. But at first they're, like, fully laughing. Yeah. But then as she like, turns into a yeah. Trapopkin, um, the therapist gets, like... Uh, uh, it fades and it turns into terror. Absolutely. <laughs> like... So... <laughs> yeah. My point, though, right, is that nobody believes Todd and that it's a yeah. tropey kind of a thing that and you see And everybody that sees the Trapopkin, like, basically... Except Todd um, dies. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So the only person who believes him is his babysitter, but not until his babysitter actually sees. Well, his babysitter's, like, boyfriend believes him. Kind of, so, kind of. Yeah. Right? So uh, the babysitter is played by 
Amy Dolenz, who horror fans would know from any number of flicks like Pumpkinhead 2, Witchboard 2, Ticks. She's in Ticks. So she's in a bunch of stuff. And then her boyfriend is played by Corey Feldman from... The Burbs, who I basically, um, as immediately as he started talking, I knew he was from The Burbs. Yeah, he's hanging uh, right over my head here. Yep. There he is. Mm-hmm. Ricky Butler. Picture <laughs> house, Ricky. Yeah. If you see him, you will know it's him. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. He plays a character named Flem. He's Flem. from a... Uh, rock he, band? He's in a rock band yeah. called Bodily... I don't, excretions i, I don't I, I, that sounds right something like that and so he's yeah. he's phlegm and i assume the others are all named after other bodily excretions yeah. so he shows up and he's uh basically you know he's like the the boyfriend of the babysitter so he's like sneaking in when the parents are away and like making out with the babysitter but then oh and we do have some parental guidance stuff to talk about with the babysitter yes. we'll come to that in a minute uh-huh. but what i like about Corey Feldman's character, Flem, is that he is in some ways essentially his character from The Lost Boys. Because he's like the frog brother from The Lost Boys, who, you know, the frog brothers know all about the vampires. And so he's like that, but with yeah. Hopkins. Yeah, so he's like, when they're getting married, he's like... Well, when... Yeah, basically. When, when uh, Alan Thicke and uh, I don't remember their... Characters' t- names and the yeah. stepmonster when played Todd, by Robin Riker. Yeah. Denise. Denise, George and Denise. When Todd tells like the babysitter about um, Denise, she doesn't believe him. But then the boyfriend like believes him and's like they're getting married on like the summer solstice when the sun is farthest away from the equator, and that's the the best time for a Chapopkin to have a baby. Yeah, he says. So it's all part of the Chapopkin mm-hmm. plan. You got to keep an eye out for this. This is why I showed you this movie, Al, because when I eventually divorce your mother and get remarried, <laughs> the look, I'm not divorcing your mother. Dad, really? <laughs> yeah, I know. She would divorce me first. Dad, Clearly, that's how it would go. This is one of dad's two kinds of jokes that he keeps doing every time that I'm going to die soon and I'm going to divorce your mother. Those are the two jokes he does so many times. <laughs> a horrible father, but... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, all right. Step monster. Let's see who else turns up really quickly. Uh, John Astin shows up from the Adams Family. He plays in oh, Adams Family. Oh, right, the original Gomez. Yeah, he's Gomez in the television series. Oh my gosh, uh, Sean Whalen shows up, who's in a trillion things, including People Under the Stairs and Tammy and the T-Rex, which we covered on Cinemuck. And then, oh my gosh, George Gaines turns up in it as the grandfather of Todd, and George Gaines is in the Police Academy movies. So. Ooh. Is also one of the people who does believe him. Yeah, he's got a really cool grandpa, absolutely. So mm-hmm. he's in the Police Academy movies, which I don't know if anybody cares about those anymore. But I immediately, when he appeared on screen, went, oh my gosh, it's Commandant Lassard. But he's also in things like Trilogy of Terror and Tootsie. And then, oh my gosh, Molly Cheek is in it. And she was, I believe, in 
if I remember correctly, she was in the uh, Harry and the Hendersons TV series or something, but she's in, in the American Pie movies. This thing is just... Uh, the credentials on this movie are crazy, because then it's also from a story by Fred Olin Ray and produced by Fred Olin Ray, who made Alienator, which we talked about on Cinemuck over on Word Salad Patreon page. And then it's produced by Roger Corman, mm-hmm. who, of course, made... You told me this, and I don't remember it. <laughs> Bucket of Blood. Right, yes. And, of course, the original Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. So A lot of these people you know. Uh, and the name, the yeah. names were stunning. It was, I was amazed. But then, of course, you've got all these amazing names, but then the movie is clearly pretty cheap. The Trapopkin looks rad. You know, you've got a couple of locations you know, so we're in the woods for part of the movie. We're in this town for part of the movie, like a suburb or something. But there are areas in which the movie looks incredibly cheap. Alistair, why don't you tell our listeners about the wedding? How lavish was this wedding in the movie? Uh, It was basically just their house that they just sold in six days. That is basically kind of impossible. <laughs> Not how uh, real estate works. Al will call you out on your real estate inaccuracies. But yeah, so they've sold this house and then they hold the wedding at the house. Tell them about the wedding. Basically, Todd tries to like... Well, I mean, you're going into be- details of like yeah. what happens. I want you to uh, describe the wedding, though. Like, it's just like, basically, it's a normal like um, bride. It's the normal suits, but like, it's basically... Todd, the grandparents, and, like, the priest or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the priest, played by John Astor. Basically, that's every single person that's in it. Exactly. That's what's so weird about this, is it's supposed to be this, you know, big event. It's a wedding, and it's kind of the climax of the movie, but it takes place in the living room of the house where most of the movie is shot. They hung a bow on the wall, (laughs) and then it's Todd... Todd's dad, the step monster, the priest, and then Todd's grandparents, who are the parents of Todd's mother, who they think is deceased. So it's weird. There's nobody at this wedding. And the two people who are in attendance are actually George's, the dad, George. They're his in-laws. It's so strange and so cheap. And when they go like, oh, it's time for the reception. How many people are at the reception? More? No, there's no, no there's less. There's, like, there's less people. Because <laughs> it's just the grandparents and then George and Denise, uh, the step monster, and Todd. So there's nobody at the wedding. There's nobody at the reception. It's clearly <laughs> a really, really cheap, low-budget production. Yeah. And it's just weird to me that they didn't have even, I don't know, members of the crew just hanging around or something. Yeah, something like, like that. Or like film it in the yard. You know, I guess you film outside, then you got to worry about weather or whatever. But then, yeah, I mean, you, you could have had any number of people. Even like five more people would have made it look more like a wedding. <laughs> yeah. There's just nobody there. It's so so cheap looking. Oh, yeah. Which I love. I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It is very hilarious. Now the the grandparents, his babysitter... Well, his babysitter believes him. I don't think his babysitter sitter believes him now, but like towards the climax. Sure, yeah. Eventually, more, everybody comes together yeah. to try to help yeah. Todd defeat mm-hmm. the Trapopkin. 
because, like, the night after, like, I think it's the night after the wedding, or, well, like, that night. night. The wedding. Yeah. He sees that the Chipopkin is about to come to the babysitter's place. So, basically... Now, you're mixing up, you're yeah. mixing up events here. The, the night of the wedding mm-hmm. is when uh, the yeah. bodily excretions, the band turns yeah. up with their mm-hmm. sound equipment, and they're helping Todd try to stop yeah. Cause the Tropopkin. What's the Tropopkin yeah. uh, defeated by? Music, basically. Specifically like, what? Um, Violin music. Yeah. The band comes, they put up a bunch of speakers, and then they play Todd's fake violin music. Well, it's real it's violin like, music, it's but it's, real, his, it's like, tapes. his practicing. And so the when he doesn't want to practice, but he's told he has to, he turns on a tape of him yeah. practicing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they just put that in. And then Denise comes out and turns into the Chipopkin. But, like, the gargoyle's still there. That's weird. Oh, yeah, the gargoyle comes yeah. in at the end to protect Denise. But she's not in her fu- human form. That's weird. Well, it's there to protect her in yeah. general. So, uh-huh. Then yeah. stop the music. Then the dad comes out and plays the violin. That yeah, Alan Thicke gets a yeah. great moment at the end of this that always stuck out to me. I love the Alan Thicke coming out with the violin to fight the Tripopkin. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. Like, yeah. And then this is like my favorite line in the movie. Once the Tripopkin dies from the violin music, the babysitter's boyfriend is like, and they say heavy metal music is dangerous. <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> sure line. It's also sure the last line. Uh, I think of it's that scene, line? anyway. Yeah, yeah, but it's my favorite line. It's a good line. Mm-hmm. So I had a bit of parental guidance that I wanted to go over here for this movie. Now, this movie is, you know, young adult horror movie. The rating on it is, I think, PG-13. Hmm. Oh, yeah, it is PG-13. Okay, so uh, PG-13, because it is pretty spooky, the Tropopkin stuff. The Like, the Tropopkin is a really great creature, so that could scare the heck out of some young kids. So then there's also, though, some stuff involving Todd and his babysitter that is very much of the 70s to early 90s. He spies on her in her bedroom, which is obviously incredibly, incredibly wrong and gross, but very much a thing that you would see in movies of that era. So that's just something Mm -hmm. that when that came up in the movie, we had to pause the movie and talk to Alistair about how you never look in other people's windows. Mm-hmm. You know, that is very, very, very wrong. But it's a kind of thing that in older movies, Al, they used to use for comedy and stuff. And it's just not funny. You know, no. it's real gross. So we don't do that. You know, like, and we don't put that in movies unless you want to make a character was, look gross. Yeah, now. it was, it probably used to be funny, but now it's not funny at all. Yeah, it wasn't funny. And when we watched it this time, I was like, oh, no, the kid's a creeper. He's supposed to be our protagonist. You know, so that's unfortunate. But with that out of the way, let's move into our segments. First up, Beastly Bast. What's the coolest monster moment in this movie, Alistair? In my opinion, I think it's also, um, like, it's also kind of funny. Not the funniest moment that I have, but it's when the therapist gets, oh, like, like... Terrified. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, and that's then, the... Yeah, because yeah. that's a, that's a scene where we really get to see the Tropopkin super clearly, and she changes into the Tropopkin, and then comes after Edie McClurg, and that's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. 
Mine is a similar one, which is another moment where we get to see the Tropopkin clearly, and that's when Denise goes to chase Todd outside. I don't remember what the circumstances are. She's like making him do lawn work or something, and he's like, I'm not gonna do that anymore. And then she like chases him outside as the Tropopkin, and she like bursts out the front door in Tropopkin form and then comes after him in broad daylight. And that's like the first time we really get to see the Tropopkin fully, like super clear. And of course it's in daylight. So just getting to see the Tropopkin clearly that first time is like, whoa, this thing is cooler than I thought it was going to look. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then get spooked. Mm-hmm. Spookiest moment. I didn't really get spooked by it then. Well, I mean, even though you didn't get spooked by it, you can admit that some moments are spookier than others. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would say a thing that might scare little kids is when the Tropopkin dies. I would oh, say yeah. that's yeah, that's just like creepy and weird. Yeah, it's super like, gross. It like it's got the big ears, and so then the violin music is like killing it, and it like pulls a chunk of its ear off, like it's big old uh, ear meat. Yeah, Ugh. and then it just melts. Yeah, it's gross. And just like it just melts, and then like yeah, it's nowhere near as gory as like the death of Stripe in Gremlins. So it's nowhere near that gory. No, but, but it's still pretty gross. Yeah, and, and it just like just like goes away for some effect that i don't remember for, oh it just dissolves yeah it just, just like, the, zoom, vanishes. yeah like but it's like a second and it just vanishes yeah that's mine great that's mine do you have one yeah no i'm i will agree with you yeah. i do think that's the spookiest part mm-hmm. so then that brings us to screen themes huh funny bones you want to do you got yeah. funny bones for this uh-huh. okay funny bones um mine is also with the therapist that that was actually kind of funny was when she's like, are you listening? She looks at her, we see her, but she has like her Chapopkin's ears and she's like, I'm all ears. But okay, it's like, yeah. and she's like, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's a weird moment. I think the funniest part is Flem's line about, and they said heavy metal music is dangerous. Yeah, that's also you know, pretty. That's, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So that brings us then to our big one. Scream themes. What's the message of this movie or a message of this movie? I think I have one. Okay, what do you got for me? I think me? it's like if you don't want somebody to do something that they like and you force someone to do something else that might that might be bad for them or bad for you because mm. that could get you in trouble. And also for or, your relationship, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. that's something that you were talking about like earlier. Relationship. For, it could be bad for your relationship, but it can also that could be important or to like them too. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, to them. Because he wants his son Todd to play the violin and Todd doesn't want to, and Todd feels really like he doesn't have a choice yeah. in the matter. But then his dad also doesn't let him read comic books. And so there's no meeting of the minds here. There's no give and take. There's no yeah. compromise. And it turns out that him having comic books, if he if he didn't read that one comic book, then basically, then that... Then they'd be dead. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right? So on a metaphorical level, yeah, what this mm-hmm. is telling us is that, you know, this stuff is harmful. It's harmful to take away things that people love, you yeah, know, that are actually could, not bad for them yeah, or whatever. Because yeah. they basically would stop doing what they love to do, and then... 
they might even grow up to be a bad person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's one of those things like, imagine losing the stuff that you love. How are you going to feel about that? You know, what Mm -hmm. do you what do you do? You're going to rebel. You're going to be angry, you know. And so that's sort of the situation that George was putting his son in. Absolutely. And it's, you know, the near death of the family is kind of metaphorical here for the way that a person kind of dies or loses a part of themselves when you force them to give up that which they love, you know? Yeah, and like, then... I mean, just as an example here, I stopped writing screenplays for a couple years. There was, like, a two-and-a-half-year period where I wasn't writing movies. And at the end of that two-and-a-half-year period, I felt terrible about my life, you know? Yeah. I was like, I'm not writing movies anymore. And I just felt terrible that this had... It hadn't been taken away from me. It was something that I stopped doing, but... If somebody had forced me to stop doing it, then, you know, that would have been them causing that yeah. to happen to me. You know, on the inside, I hurt because I, I wasn't doing the thing that I loved. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, that's a beautiful thing to pull out of this movie, Al. I love it. Mm-hmm. That then wraps this up, uh, I guess, our discussion of Step Monster, mm-hmm. which, sorry, it's a little bit late. Our weekend got out of hand with Al's uh, napping during our one (laughs) possible recording time. (laughs) Just passed out on me. Yeah. Totally passed out. I'm just going to, I was like, I was thinking, I'm just going to close my eyes while dad does that. I fell asleep (laughs) for like two hours. Yeah. I was sending an email to my students before we recorded and then Al was gone. (laughs) So (laughs) I was just like on the couch for two hours and I was like. I was, I like I'm not going to wake him up as a parent. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to wake up I was my like, kid. Because I didn't remember what happened because I didn't know that I went to sleep or what happened. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so we, we made it. We're a day late here getting this recorded. Hopefully I can get it cut and posted tonight. So apologies, Critters and Creeps. Um, you can always follow us on the Facebook Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club to get any notification about that kind of stuff. That's where I posted that that we were going to be a little bit late with this episode. But then where else can our listeners find us on social media? Patreon.com slash word salad. Yeah, you can become a patron and get access to exclusive content. We've got some wild stuff planned for the summer to entertain ourselves. Since Al's not going to summer camp like he did last year, we're going to be inside doing weird things for (laughs) Patreon. And then uh, on... Facebook, again, the Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. And Instagram. Cadavercast. There you go. And, of course, you can always email us at cadavercast at gmail.com. And I do want to stress that you absolutely can email us at cadavercast at gmail.com. Times are hard right now, I know. And... We're going through a heck of a lot mm-hmm. as a society. And, you know, if you need if you need somebody and you don't have anybody to reach out to, hit us up. Yeah, you can also, if you need to talk to people, you can also go on to our Facebook. Oh, the Critters uh, and Creeps yeah. Club has been really supportive. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we've been having a good time there, you know. And I, I want to put this out there. Al, what's the last thing you say in every episode before we shut the recording down? We love you. And we mean that. Like, mm-hmm. It's not just something that Al says. We mean it. And to see our society in the state that it's in right now with a pandemic going on, 
with structural racism that people are protesting. It's a really intense... Stressful time. Yeah. And this is something that I'm bringing up on the show, not as like, oh, Cadaver Dad's airing his his political views or something on this kids show. It's something that Al brought up yesterday that Mm -hmm. I feel is worth mentioning on the show because Al has been feeling it so distinctly that the way that clearly our people have been treated on a national level on a systematic scale. I did say that it's not the virus that's doing it. It's what people are doing to to get the virus. Oh, as people not being safe. Yeah. But on top of that, you know, we know that people are out there protesting the horrible things that are happening around them. And, you know, it's a rock and a hard place. You can't not protest injustice. Like, you have to protest injustice. But protesting injustice right now also puts people at risk for COVID. And I don't know. I don't know how much I can say here that would make anything better or make anybody feel better. But stay safe. But also, if you're out there protesting, we love you. And take care of yourselves. And be safe. As safe as you can be. Anything to add to that, Al? No. Okay. Not really. Well, let's sign out, and you can close with that absolutely genuine statement. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We love you. We love you.